Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Hey, everybody. Dave Hodges here, host of The Common Sense Show. We are the show that is freeing America. One in, Bob, we got to maybe do this again. I'm getting really bad uh, fuzzy feedback. All right, well, let me call you. That won't work because it won't. It just stopped. What did you do? nothing that's weird okay well we'll just assume it's gonna stay gone and i'll just start it over here we'll do it 30 seconds that's not a bad leader okay three two one hey everybody dave hodges here host of the common sense show we are the show that is freeing america one enslaved mind at a time and uh, we have a lot of unenslaving to do we share you we encourage you to share this format uh it's digital and share it with people that need to hear it one third of the people out there in a poll said they want to impeach biden and they're from the democratic party uh, it's 60% of Republicans want to do that. But uh, we just need to keep updating them on how if they keep mindlessly following this political party, they're gonna, they'll be in poverty. Uh, and it could be a whole lot worse than just poverty. So make sure that you're sharing. And we need to keep uh, bringing awareness to the fact because th- this election, a lot of people are categorizing it as do or die for the Constitution, for America. If we don't get rid of this ruling party that's in charge, we may never get rid of them because they'll consolidate their power. And we have today to here to talk to us about all things economic is Robert Kudla of Trade Genius. And uh, he has rattled some cages in the past. And uh, we're going to talk about uh, Ukraine, China, but mostly how it all comes to roost at home economically for America and what it means to you. And that's the bottom line. You tune into the show in part, I think, to stay informed, but also you want to be able to stay one step ahead of the burning bridge. And that's what we're going to try to do for you here today. Bob, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Dave. Well, you know, we could start our discussion at any point here because this is like the continuous movie that never ends. And and it just goes in loops and just keeps repeating. But I would say, to me, the biggest event that's happened in the last two days is the firing of very powerful missiles. And there's a debate whether the missiles came from countries bordering Ukraine so that those batteries couldn't be touched. Or did those missiles come from inside of Ukraine? But regardless, it forced a withdrawal, a strategic withdrawal from the Russians. And Putin has uh, made noises like he might want to declare war on NATO in the next couple of days. Have you heard about this? Well, I didn't hear about Putin and NATO. But um, and bef- before anybody gets too excited about the Russians' big retreat in the, in the Kharkiv area, is that Putin has done this before. He pulled out of the north to pull south his, uh, his troops into the south to uh, take the Donetsk and the Luhansk, which he did. He pulled out of Kharkiv uh, because it's really not the land that he always wanted. And now he's consolidating forces. And then what he did was the old Soviet strategy as he left. He destroyed all the infrastructure uh, in that area, water and power. And he's going to he's going to foment a humanitarian crisis in uh, in the Ukraine. He, you know, basically his view is you guys want to put money in Ukraine. I'm going to make you put it into refugees and and uh, power systems. And Russia still owns those two provinces. They have Crimea, Donetsk and Luhansk. That's what he always wanted. And now he could just pump cruise missiles into Ukraine at will. He got a stalemate. And um, Europe is going into a, a into a situation where they don't have enough natural gas. Okay. So um, 
I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer here, but I was watching Twitter and I was just rolling my eyes and said, until you push Putin out of Donetsk and Luhansk, um, then I don't want to hear anything about you winning anything. Um, and he's been consolidating his whole time in that area. So uh, that's what he always wanted. He got what he wants. So, um, you know, what that means from an economic standpoint is that he can uh, he can now um, basically blow up the port infrastructure in Odessa and keep the Ukrainians from exporting wheat. Okay, um, he still has a stranglehold on platinum, palladium, fertilizer, natural gas, platinum. Um, shall I continue? Wheat, yeah, corn, soybeans. So, so um, yeah. So, if people think this is ending. It's not, and and Europe doesn't have enough natural gas. So that, that but th- that's the bad news. The good news is that I know everybody thinks the WEF is all power, all seeing eye. You know, it's Sauron, but Sweden just went hard right on their election. I mean, there's a party ten years ago they accused of being the second coming of of Hitler, and now they have the second most people in parliament, and they're forming a coalition with the moderates to go right. And so the socialists are losing power. Socialists have lost Boris Yeltsin, the WEF. He is an overt WEF guy. You know, now they have the girl in there. We can call her WEF, whatever, but she's doing all the things I'd want her to do as prime minister. Okay, so England is actually swinging right. And I guarantee you immigration and energy are going to drive everything in Europe. So Sweden, immigration, energy, the two biggest things. England, immigration and energy, two biggest things. And and guess what the United States has, right? Immigration and energy. And so I'm expecting the wave to continue. And uh, when you have immigration, you also have basically lawlessness in the in the cities, and that's the same with the US. So all these things are all these things are gonna swing. And so uh, I, I expect the wave to continue, I expect the world to turn right and and um and so the battle lines are drawn against the uh, the progressive socialists now. The people have had enough. Do you think that uh, Sweden is a bellwether for the rest of the world? Absolutely. Country has been progressive since World War II. I think it's, uh, you know, I can see if they went center-right like Germany does, but they didn't go center-right like Germany. They went hard-right. You know, it's, look, it's an existential problem for Sweden. One-third of the births there are foreign-born. You'll lose Sweden, you know. So for Swedes, so I just think that you're gonna you're gonna probably see. I think all over Europe, you're gonna see Palestine all over Europe, and that I mean that those enclaves are gonna be surrounded and and isolated. Okay, and um, you know they said there's 61 areas in Sweden where the police don't go. It's just become intolerable for the Swedes, and so. And just multiply that wherever the WEF has been, right? Look at San Francisco. They got rid of that DA. That lady's saying, you know, um, I'm going to institutionalize people that are homeless, that are on drugs. She goes, we're not loving them by leaving them on the street. So so I'm very, unfortunately, we're going to have to go through some hell. But these are the right kind of conversations that we need to have as a country. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, the San Francisco thing, I think, is a portent of things to come for major cities because we're already seeing it. But don't you find it humorous that uh, Abbott sends 11,000 illegal immigrants to Washington, D.C., and they declare a state of emergency and say, you're turning us into a border town? Well, the left the left operates on emotional um, diatribes. So, um, you know, they're very emotive. And they think when you scream, you get you get results, and they haven't been wrong. But I think it's pretty much on deaf ears right now. Yeah, well, I'm not counting my chickens until they're hatched. And and but here here's the concern I have too politically going into this election. Uh, Mitch McConnell is a consummate rhino, and he's a traitor to this country. He does so much economic business with China, and it affects what he does in the Senate. And he has pulled the funding for eight Republican senatorial races. He's leaked information. He's been called out by this by Ron Scott. Uh, He leaked information about these candidates to the New York Times and Washington Post. And then he ended up speaking out publicly and says, we just don't have good candidates. He's setting these people up to lose. Like Herschel Walker had to pull his TV ads. Blake Masters had to pull his TV ads. 
I mean, it's the rhino factor, Bob, is what I'm saying. The rhino factor is becoming huge. Yeah, I guess I'm less pessimistic on this than most. Um, you know, Tim Scott's going to win his race. Blake Masters is going to win his race. Herschel Walker has already took the lead over Warnock. And Mitch McConnell just pumped millions into Dr. Oz's campaign in Pennsylvania. So um, I, I think all those guys are winners in this industry. Any race that you guys see polling that's showing that it's uh, too close to call, they're all Republican wins. And so and Nevada race will probably go Republican, too. So I don't know about Pennsylvania, but that guy may implode by then. He finally took his hoodie off, and I don't know what the heck's growing out of the back of his head, but uh, he obviously is not well. It's no, probably it's a not. tumor of some sort. Yeah, you know. Um, so we'll just see. We'll see where that goes. But yeah, I don't know. You know, um, I, I'm going to give. I'm going to give the uh, everything the benefit of doubt till the election. But I'm pretty sure the house is now going to go red. And and uh, doesn't really matter what Mitch McConnell wants because the House is going to drive uh, all the spending bills, and so I think you'll see uh, a lot of defunding in areas that were funded. I'm not going to get in all the details, um, but a lot of those things that were funded are going to be defunded, and and you're going to see a lot of um, oversight meetings, if you will. Yeah, I, I agree. And and you know what's interesting too, and talk about oversight, oversight for the public. Did, I, I don't know if you saw this or not, but in a poll taken, 66% of West Virginians want Joe Manchin gone now after what he did. Yeah, I mean, and he, and he think he screwed up, too. I think he's not even going to get what he wants, actually. So No. But, but here's the interesting thing. You know, there's a budget coming up that they can't use, um, they can't use reconciliation for. And so, you know, the, the Senate has left. The Senate has leverage right now, so it's um they they can they can force some different things happening here. So we'll just see uh, we'll see where this goes. But all this really ties into you know I'm a big believer in the fourth turning. You know, people I'm sure people you've talked about that in the past. Yes, and and so and I'm also you know and i i'm service marking this because i've been calling this thing out for like 10 years things don't matter to people till they matter to people mm-hmm. and so you know people you could talk to people till they're blue in the face about things that you and i may feel very passionate about but people just people don't like to be bothered you know i've been in sales my whole career and you can't get somebody off even keel unless an event moves them off of even keel and I think in the last two years, we've moved the vast majority of the population off of even keel. And so people are ripe for a change and they don't like the direction things are going. And so, you know, that's why I think and plus we've really run out of money. So really, you know, now when they spend money, it causes inflation. So people can see now that there's no um, uh, there's no, you know, easy answer. Hey, I'm going to throw Fifty billion dollars at this. Well, then oil goes up six dollars. See, so you know, food is up double digits. So they they're in a situation now where they it's taken from the left hand into the right hand, left hand into the right hand, and people are like, I'm not getting anywhere, or I'm getting screwed, you know. And so um, I think that's going to move people. And you know, you, you can screw with people's stock portfolios because very few people, relatively in the country, have anything meaningful there. But when you start screwing with their home values, you get everybody's attention. And um, I don't know if you saw this because it's in Arizona. It came out this morning, so you probably didn't even have a chance to see it yet. Is that um, 22% year-over-year decline in sales per, per square foot in the Phoenix area? Yeah, I know. The average new home is down between nine and $10,000. 147% increase in, in the rental Mm-hmm. In the rental um, op- op- vacancies, yep. So you're you're seeing basically the uh, re- the collapse of, of real estate part two, and that gets everybody's attention because a lot of people took home equity lines of credit out to live on. Their credit cards are going up in in interest costs, and then the the home which they counted on is basically their piggy bank to retire on is getting eviscerated again. So I think the political pressure. Um, that's going to come to bear on this, and it's, they're going to hang this thing right around Biden's neck because Biden said, "I'm going to let the Fed do what they need to do to get rid of inflation." That's great for people who don't own anything, but they could lose their job. 
And people that own homes tend to vote at higher, much higher rates than people who rent their homes. So, so I think it's going to be, it's going to be um, fascinating to watch. But all these things are going to be putting pressure on the on the progressive and the progressive Keynesian economic model, and that that just dovetails right into the stuff that we love to we love to trade, which is hard assets and commodities. Yeah, let's. I mean, uh, the markets like stability. So what are you seeing for stability with the market, and how is that affecting what you're doing in the market? Well, I mean, it's not it's affected us nothing but positively because, you know, we, we're long energy. And even though um, the, price of, um, um, the price of oil has gone down into the 80s, it's starting to drift back up again. Energy, the, 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 the drillers haven't gone down at all in price. They, the, they don't believe it. The SPR, they stopped. They stopped it. Um, last week's the last draw of the SPR. That means... Um, we at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts and help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here. And we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at the TV, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at TV. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call buryyourgold.com. And what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground. And you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold. Not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to buryyourgold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Did you know that the World Economic Forum now, they in the last meeting they convened, they actually had a water board there with water experts, and they tell us our water is in danger and they have to take control of our water. Does that bother anybody? I'm sure it does. And I begin thinking right now about water safety. And we already know there's lead in the water, chemicals in the water. A lot of it's not safe to drink. But we have the answer for you. It's called the Alexa Pure Pro Water Filter. It's the best there is. And scientifically, they leave nothing to doubt as they publish their research at waterwithdave.com. And it's my choice for water filtration. Gravity powered. It reduces 206 contaminants. It targets heavy metals, fluoride, chlorine, and viruses. It is the best there is in the business. And you can read all the research on this simply by going to water with dave.com that's water with dave.com save eighty dollars for a short time that that persistent sell in the oil markets is ending we're going into winter now um which is going to cause some uh issues on gas prices so look we're long natural gas we're long energy we're long uranium when i mean energy i'm talking about oil uh we're long uranium uranium's breaking out when you say you're long what do you mean by that uh, we own them, and we keep finding trades for people to get in them and, and to buy again and again and again and again. So um, I sent you a bunch of just from last week, the trades that we've been doing for people. Yep. And it's just it's, – it's, it's just we're just – basically we're just like um, you know, a guy um, you know, on the DJ playing the song over and over again. It's just kind of – we're in that loop now of where the prices aren't going down. You get take profit. It drifts down. You get back in. You buy the dip. And it's just working over and over and over again. So natural gas, uranium, oil, you know, a bunch of shippers are doing well. Um, copper starting to move now. And as of this morning, um, which we're talking on Monday here, is that silver pop 5%. Silver miners are starting to move. And 
the COT report, the report commitment of traders has flipped positive for the third time in 20 years. Last two times were a minimum of 20% move in silver. So we're starting to see a squeeze there. And so um, that's all I care about. I, I don't care if the rest of the stock market goes to zero. Those are the areas that people are going to make money in. That's not going to change because people are shipping, uh, shifting out of financial assets into hard assets. They're getting ready for this persistent bid in inflation that's not going to go away, and the Fed can't raise interest rates high enough to kill it. Hmm. Okay, so you're saying certain areas of the market are insulated because of their importance. Yeah, they're just basically insensitive to the financing costs because a lot of this stuff is is mined outside the country, and they can give a rat's ass what the Fed's doing. You know, uh, when prices keep going up, supplies in, in deficit, prices are going to go higher. And that's why the Fed is screwed, because um, uh, they're trying to fight a core inflationary number by raising interest rates. And and it's not um, it's not working. Hold on a second. My, my dog. I, I hear that. I thought I thought it was the American people whining about the suicide mission of the Federal Reserve. They get really they get upset when they can't be in my office. I had the. It opened, so I just have to let them sit in there with me, see if they settle down. But um, but yeah, so that's kind of where we are, and it's just working. It's working great, and uh, I don't think anything's gonna. I don't think anything's gonna change in in the near future, and um, I think the stock market is. is we just got another big rally here that uh, is, is it probably topped out again today, and you know profits are going down with interest rates going up higher. Um, you know, 20% of the, of the stock market in the S&P is negative cash flow. And that means they have to either dilute their shares, which means makes their shares less valuable, or they're going to have to refinance and their interest expenses are going up higher, which makes their company less valuable. And if their cash flow negative, meaning that they're going to have to cut employment, which they're starting to do. So we have all these scenarios for 20% of the stock market's in big trouble. And so I think there's... Um, there is a lot, a lot of things on the market side that are very dangerous, but we don't care about that. I think that's a big mistake people make. Uh, people try to trade the stock market. We trade stocks in the stock market, and and that's where we uh, where we make our money. Okay, well, that's good news that there's something left. But then tell me why are investors complaining so much they're losing money? It's is it because they take too general of approach, or what's the reason? Uh, well, I mean, look, most people that have money in the stock market have have, have their money, uh, and you know, I'm not, I'm not being pejorative here, but it's professionally managed money. But they're those guys are hamstrung. So uh, after 2008, they had um, uh, a lot of them got sued for putting people in inappropriate trades. So the industry came up with basically risk assessments and age assessments. And then they've created these um, these funds that you know basically, hey Bob, you're 55 and you're moderate risk. Okay, this is the this is the fund blend that you're in, and you sign off on it. And every quarter, they'll send you a new survey and saying did any of these conditions change. And what it's done is it created a very very what's called passive market. And so the market's passive now. So when you get some of these big stocks start to roll over. Uh, you know, people's portfolios start taking a hit because the larger companies become disproportionately more of a impact on the market. And so if you get Apple and Microsoft and Google and Amazon, if they start falling, it takes the whole market down, regardless of whether or not uh, they uh, they deserve it or not, because they're, it's the way the calculations work. And so everybody's tied to these indexes and they're you know, they basically are riding on those waves and the market's down 20 percent from the high. So people are going to are going to be down and we have another leg down coming. You, you, the government is the Fed is taking liquidity away, which means they're taking money away from the casino. At the same time, they're making the cost of the casino uh, minimum bids to go up. And so you're going to start seeing more money leaving the stock market because it has to. And so you just you start creating these what's called vicious cycles versus the virtuous cycles they've they've had us on for the last two years or three years until the beginning of this year. So that's kind of where we are with it, and and that's why people are struggling. 
they don't understand it and and uh and you know the, the choices are very very limited and depending on you know your company's 401k plan you may have very limited options in terms of of either you have your money in the market or out of the market so it's kind of a they they took it from one direction to the other direction and so now um at some point it'll cause a stampede out my expectation is that we will see from top to bottom a 47 to 50 percent correction so oh Whoa! Yeah, that's pretty- yeah. Well, that's that's normal. It, that's normal. I mean, you should if you're 20 or 30 or 40 years old, you shouldn't you should care less. Okay, you know you could tweak your portfolios, but that's what normally happens in 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 a, in a bear market every decade. You get these kind of pullbacks, and the, but the stock market is is way overvalued right now. So just pulling back to there, it's still overvalued, but. There's a lot of money, you know, inflation money that probably will keep it from going down any further than that. But, yeah, so that's been our view the whole time. Um, we're going to probably hang because it's an election cycle here. We'll probably not make new lows going into the election, but 2023, absolutely new lows, without a doubt. So how does that affect what you do in the market with Trade Genius? It doesn't affect us at all. So we, uh, if we get a sell signal on the stuff we own, we get out. And there's stocks you can own to take advantage of when the market turns back into bear mode. And we share those people who trade with us. Give, give me an example of, of how that works. Oh, uh, well, now you're letting me in behind the kimono here. You can buy TLT, <laughs> which is a bond fund. You can buy SARK. Okay, you can buy volatility funds. Okay, so there's a lot of opportunities to uh, – to, uh, uh, short the market without taking on any undue risk. And so we have those all on our watch list. We get buy signals on them. We, we trade them. We traded Sark four or five times already this year. That's the, that's the Kathy Wood fund inversed. So basically shorting everything that she owns. Somebody else did a, a fund by that. When we go into recession, interest rates will fall. So the bond bonds will do well. And so, yeah, so there's three or four places in which you can hide out. Even if everything gets liquidated, I'm talking about even if, even if my whole commodity story blows up, I don't care. We go to cash, and then we uh, we short the market. So we short the market with these instruments that everybody can short. There's nothing exotic here, and it's nothing that's going to cause the broker to say you can't do it. These are these are mainstream products, and so that's what we do. And if you want to trade with us, you can. So go to tradelikeagenius.com. And uh, we have seven bundles running, stocks, crypto. Crypto's getting a nice pump again this morning. Uh, it goes along with the basically with energy and with oil and, and with uh, gold. And we trade, uh, day trade the markets, and we also uh, have training. So um, take advantage of our bundle, 65% off, pre-discount it. And then the, the non-bundle items, you take advantage of it. Um, I think you know better than I do. I, I didn't even check with the marketing people. So we see it's uh, Labor Day, forty percent off non-bundle. Labor, so, yeah. yeah, take advantage by Saturday. But you'll like what we do. Um, you know, Dave could put it in the room there. These are the trades I handed to Dave with people's comments. Those were all in the last five days, by the way. Pretty amazing. So, um, yeah. So, you, you know, during the years that I've interviewed you on the economic issues and we've looked at your business, it almost seems like Trade Genius thrives. The more volatile things are, the more money you make. Yeah. Yeah. We like we like a moving market. So, um, yeah. So the more volatility, the better, uh, because it uh, it provides you with profits more quickly. And so the name of the game is to take your profit and remove your risk. And so when you have these big pops or big drops in the market, presents opportunities for us. When a market's just slowly grinding, you can make money. That's not even an issue, but it's it's really it just sort is over your head because when it starts grinding, the elevator can show up at any time, so it's a more dangerous market. We like it when it's already moved, and then you know where to go. Okay. A lot of people uh, just switch to geopolitics for a second and its effect on the economy. A lot of people feel this war in Ukraine is going to blow up and go much wider. Do you have a sense of this? And if so, how will it affect the market? Yeah, I just can't see it. People get confused. Um, Russia is as big as Texas in terms of GDP, okay, with with a corrupt, total corrupt supply chain system. 
And Russia can't go all in on NATO because they have to worry about what China's going to do on the other end. Okay, and, and Russia has a soft belly to the south, too. You know, Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan, those people, look, they lived under Soviet domination. They have no love lost for the Russians. And so, um, so you know, Russia is not in an enviable position whatsoever. And and um, I, I, don't, I doubt, I doubt, you know, can Russia screw around the Baltics? Maybe, but then they run the risk of NATO, um, you know, retaliation. And I don't think they're ready for that. I think they see that our weaponry, our technology is vastly superior to the Russians. And, and you know, we're basically... You ever see a thing where, you know, you have this little squirt guy trying to fight a big guy and he just has his hand on the guy's head and the guy can't he's swing and can't hit him? Well, the only thing the only thing the Russians have that can really hurt us is uh, is nuclear. And I'm not too sure that the Russians are ready to pull that, you know, trick out of the bag. Right. So um, so I don't worry about Russia. I, what I'm more worried about is I think what Russia is doing is and from a strategic standpoint is the right thing is that they're just going to bleed Ukraine and try to bleed the West that way. He, you know, he's fighting a war in a different way than, than trying to be overt. He knows he, he can't go straight up with, 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 with NATO. NATO's not NATO. NATO's the United States, okay? And so, you know, you, you got Poland and you got Finland that are well-armed and very motivated, okay? And so... Uh, and then you got the United, and they got Sweden now. They flip Sweden over, and you got United States. Look, my nephew is 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 actually deploying to Poland next, you know, next couple of weeks. Okay, so they're they're rotating people, U.S. troops into Poland. So you know, we're moving east from Germany, and, and we're forward deploying. So so we have equipment there. We're not leaving our troops exposed there. And so I think the bigger risk is what what will China do? And I think China's worried now that they. Uh, they may have bet on the wrong horse here, and uh, just another geopolitical blunder by Xi. Okay. Yeah. Well, I was going to go to China next, but to finish with Russia, you don't think there's a chance they'll escalate the war? Do you think they're trying to bleed us dry of money because we keep throwing forty billion here, fifteen billion there? Is that their strategy? Yeah, I, I think that's exactly their strategy. They could just sit there and just lob cruise missiles. You know, or uh, remember, you know, Russia has uh, hypersonics, okay? You can't shoot them down. They may not have a lot of them, but, you know, they can – every power plant in Ukraine is basically probably targeted by the Russians at this point. So they could just constantly be screwing with people, all right? And so um, I think he's going to rope-a-dope it. He's going to see the, see if the West loses interest. He'll see how the West responds to a very, very cold winter with no gas, Right. And and look, Janet Yellen has already told everybody this weekend, expect higher natural gas prices in the U.S. Why? Because we're shipping all our damn natural gas to Europe. Okay, so it's already costing us money. And and, uh, we're wiping out all our strategic stockpiles. All right. So um, and what he's throwing away is he's throwing away 30, 40, 50 year old uh, equipment. All the good stuff sitting next to China. He knows where the real threat is. It's not NATO. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, China, interesting, too. Um, they have the tanks guarding the banks. Their unemployment rate for their young adults is 20%. And there's rumors out there that... Uh, the Common Sense Show is proud to be able to bring you some very special deals for my pillow. For example, they've got half off my pillow bed sheets, more than half off their slippers, their sandals, their mattresses, their topper covers, women's lingerie. Now, they have extremely great products, as you all know. Ladies and gentlemen, right now go to mypillow.com backslash Hodges. Use the coupon code Hodges to take advantage of these great opportunities. Mypillow.com backslash Hodges, coupon code Hodges. China could be fake, facing uh, some form of bankruptcy. W- what do you know about this? Yeah, it's exactly right. So China has, you know, fractional reserve lending can't go on ad infinitum. So they basically have, have rehypothecated, which means they leveraged on leverage on leverage on leverage. And now they're in a Bernie Madoff uh, p- position where people want their cash. They need their cash and there is no cash. 
it's all been committed and those commitments have been committed and those commitments have been committed 10x so uh, basically you know 30 percent of china's gdp we've talked about this before you know i've never been a fan of china and uh, 30 percent of their gdp is is basically vapor and it's it's getting um it's it's gonna go away so whatever china says their gdp is just take uh take 30% off of that, and that's more realistic. And then the United States is not turning the screws, and then now they're, they're going to be blocking basically next-level chip technology to China and Russia. Uh, you saw what they, they, um, they did with NVIDIA, yada, 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 yada. So they're basically going to bleed China. They're going to start blocking China from the world markets, and they're going to try to restrict China from getting their hands on uh, the technology. And so they're going to force the Chinese to make a decision. Do you pivot Russia or do you pivot West? And it all depends on how well Xi, um, uh, Xi survives all this stuff. Why is he in trouble? Well, look, you know, China's not a monolith, right? So, you know, the king gets to remain king. If all his princes and dukes make money, they don't care about the people. But now the princes and the dukes aren't making money, and there's there's some that always opposed him. And so now you have a situation where where the um, the mandarins that never supported him in the south, right, are he's trying to lock them down again. You know where all the lockdowns are are all in the areas in which he doesn't control. Well, he controls them nominally because he's you know president for life, blah blah blah. But so I think I think you're getting a. Uh, a situation there where they're, they're, they may be trying to maneuver him out. Look, China in and of itself is not bad or good, right? It's, it's Xi went ultra-nationalist. You know, it's so funny. They talk about fascists, and there's the fascist right there, right? And um, and the xenophobe. And so uh, in and of itself, we don't care. But, he, you know, he has a position to hurt the United States, so we care. And so, but the, the mandarins in the South would rather just get rich, Okay. They can care less about Taiwan. They can care less about this or that. They they want to they want to sell to the United States. They all want to get rich. They want to have their kids go to school here. They want to have a house here. They want to go to vacation here or Australia or England or New Zealand, right? They they, they don't want they don't want to constantly have war, right? Or or so I just think that there's going to be a decision that has to be made in China. Look, the same decision is going to have to be made in Russia too. So it's going to be really really interesting. And India will go where they go. So India's sitting on the fence, and you know the Indians are sitting there saying, "Okay, we're buying Russian equipment. It doesn't seem so hot. <laughs> Maybe I need to take a hard look again at the uh, the U.S. and the British stuff again." You know, and and um, you know India has to buy this military equipment from Russia because Russia provides them with the energy that they need. So India is embarking on a massive nuclear um, build out. Helps uranium. Uh, England just made a commitment. They're, they're, they're going to finish their nuke uh, plans. Uranium. Japan, 23 nuclear power plants will be up and running in three years. Okay, 14 and restarted, and they have nine new ones going online here in the next five years. Okay, Sweden, the hard right gets in. They're opening up uh, a power plant that's been delayed, delayed, delayed. Finland just turned one on, on uh, just crank one open, and and France is refiring up there. So, um you know, so all these things are, are are moving where people have to make decisions. Look, I think the Progressive Party, the Green Party, the China domination, you know, through politics is, is, is you know, so the big losers, I think, in the next two years is basically the Soros group and China. And that's where the money for all the mischief has been coming from. We pretty much neutralized the Middle East. They, they know that they, 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 they are surviving based on the umbrella that the U.S. provides. And and um, so they're, they're you know they're nominally neutral, so that's kind of where we are. And so um, yeah, I think China in the next five years. Look, China is is the most rapidly aging country in the world. I don't know if people know that they have no social security. So there's a guy named Peter Zane out there, which had an interesting take, which I didn't really think about, but I said it makes sense. Is that you know the Chinese never vaccinated their people at all. And and that's and they're vaccinate they're doing vaccination by lockdown, and so uh, they can't afford to have ten or fifteen million people overtly to die of of basically the virus because they have a very old population, and China mm. reveres their elders right, 
So, um, so yeah, so uh, what a mess they made. That's what happens when you have one person trying to make decisions for the the whole country. You know, you get this kind of stupidity. You know, we have our very own stupidity here, but China's stupidity is on steroids right now. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, let's turn to domestic for a second because we're probing trouble spots. On, Jan- on, on uh, September 16th, federal mediators uh, have said that they will allow the railroad workers to strike if an mm. agreement's not reached. And right now, of course, agreements get done at the midnight hour, but right now there doesn't appear to be any prospect for settlement. And so I went and did some research, Bob, and I found, first of all, 28% of America's goods are moved by train, but 62% of agriculture and food are moved by train. And given all the other stuff going on with our food supply, should we be concerned? Oh, yeah. They're going to have to... Um uh, they're going to have to resolve it. You know, it sounds like, um, you know, obviously they're going to get their pound of flesh, but it sounds like there's some legitimate grievances that um, the union's taken advantage of now because, uh, you know, they have more power and leverage. They, there's no way they're going to let, uh, there's no way they're going to let them strike long term. Uh, you know, the government can just declare a national emergency and force them to work and then impose a mediation on the uh, railroad companies. So I think whatever's going to happen will be fairly short-lived because, you know, the country would literally starve if the railroads don't run. Yeah, I would agree with that. And the thing, though, is you have to have a government to give a rat's patootie about the welfare of the people. And I'm just going to be very bold and say this. This administration shows absolutely zero concern for the welfare of its citizens. Yeah, but politically they can't ignore it. So if this was if this was happening in in December and they just won the re-election of the midterms, then, you know, then, then maybe um, that case can be made more forcefully. But the last thing the Biden administration needs right now is to have uh, basically a, a wipeout of people, stuff in the stores going into the Christmas holiday and get, get people even more annoyed. And oh, by the way, food shortages because you can't, you can't ship the grains, um, you know, across the across the country, and you can't you can't ship the food from California and Florida into the uh, the Northeast. So it'd be one of those things where they would, you know, they cut off their nose to spite their face. Yeah, but uh, I think they're stupid enough to do that. And I'm not. Hey, you know what? I'll take a little pain for that. They'll be out of power within a blink. <clears throat> well, yes. If there was a railroad strike, I agree. If that didn't galvanize people, um, I'll tell you what a lot of people talk about out there, though, that they say that if the Democrats could get away with it, they would let some crisis go to uh, biblical proportions to where they could declare martial law and not have an election. Now, we hear that in past elections that all end up being BS, but do you think there's any chance of that happening with this election? I, I don't. This election is not important enough. You know... These elections are all local, so I would think it would probably be more meaningful to, for anybody to try a new idea. It would be in 2024. Huh. Okay. But, you know, did, you know, even even during the Civil War, I don't think we ever stopped an election, did we? No. So, no. yeah, so that would be a... That would be a tall drink of water. In fact, uh, Lincoln had to run against McClellan, and that was a real contest. So uh, McClellan was a general he fired yeah. early in the war, and, and so his re-election was not guaranteed. Uh, usually, presidents are safe in wartime, but uh, Lincoln might have been the one exception. And I will tell you this. If we do go to a bigger war with Russia, Biden is not safe. His administration is not safe. People aren't going to accept this. Uh, I want to shift back to China real quick here. I think there's some legitimacy in this one. I I think the elections are going to happen, but I also believe that there's legitimacy, though, in the notion that China is desperate enough, it's going to lash out at its neighbors and do what Japan did prior to World War II, which is to seize natural resources that they're in need of to uh, basically keep their economy alive. So that means small regional wars. And then some people expand it and they say this, that to do that, you have to have the equivalent of Pearl Harbor, knock out the naval interference of the United States. And so that means taking out uh, the base in the Philippines, Diego Garcia and Guam. 
Uh, what, do you, what do you see in that part of the world as far as military conquest with China? Yeah, they just don't have the reach. So unless they're going to drop nukes on all those areas, then uh, uh, they can't get to Dea Garcia. And so, um, and you got to remember now, China, you know, Japan is a floating aircraft carrier, right? And Japan has um, islands right off the coast of Taiwan, okay, that are now heavily, very heavily armed. So, uh, and I think the Chinese are watching right now saying, hey, you know, most of the crap we copied were from Russian design. <laughs> Stuff doesn't work. And, you know, so um, I think it's going to probably give China pause on that. Now, having said that, the Chinese don't like to use hard power. They're very much into soft power. So they're just going to continue to strangle Africa and take their uh, take their wealth that way via commerce. So I think China is going to continue that way. Look, you know, I think China, one of the deals they made with Russia is that basically they're, they're going to secure their energy, um, their energy um, security, uh, basically through pipelines through Russia and um you know, but from the food standpoint, they still got to import food and they import food across the Pacific Ocean, basically Argentina, Brazil, United States, Canada and, and Australia. So and New Zealand, I think they buy like a third of their sheep or some crazy thing like that. So I think they're more vulnerable on the food side. So um, and China runs chronic deficits. And for whatever reason, they grow almost enough food. But their, their supply chain system is so decrepit and corrupt that they seem to never have enough food. And and this year was a really bad, it's going to be a bad harvest year for them. So they're going to be hard, hard in the market here. Um, yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised our corrupt government doesn't, you know, get, let them off the hook. But, um, but yeah, so I, I doubt, I think China, I don't, China doesn't gain anything by that. They, they could take it without a fight. Uh, so... I think that's the approach they're going to, I think, maintain. I don't know where they can, how they get. Remember, they could take out all those bases, but, you know, they're not going to touch the American Seawolf submarines. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. And I don't know if you know this, but, you know, you probably do. That was probably rhetorical on my part. But look, Aurora exists, guys. Our hypersonic systems exist. Okay. So, you know, we can get anywhere in the world in four hours from the United States. Okay. And our hypersonic planes have hypersonic missiles. So I kind of doubt that if they took out every naval asset in the United States has, that there would not be a single ship reaching China within 15 hours of that. Okay. We would just, we would just basically take out every container ship that's heading to China. Okay. So... And they know it, too. And then our satellite system will just blind China. Okay, you know, we have a spy satellite, a spy, a spy, um, sorry, one of my, it's spinning up there, spinning, 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 spinning up there. And what is, God knows what's it doing, right? Probably putting bombs next to every Chinese and Russian satellite up there. And look what we did to the Russians. The Russians can't have a satellite on station and we, we're sitting there between us and the United Kingdom. We're sitting there staring down at that whole time. So I think I think China and Russia are getting a little bit of an object lesson on maybe how technologically advanced the West is. Okay, and uh, and and it's not it's not going to be an easy thing. And so, um, you know, that's my viewpoint on it. Uh, I think people like to make China into more than they are. I think I think China is just like Russia. Is that you know you you poke the wall hard enough and you find out it's not drywall but it's but it's basically crepe paper. Yeah, do, do you subscribe to the notion China's boxed in? You mentioned Japan's islands that are heavily fortified; they yeah. can't go after Taiwan. Vietnam would resist with everything they have. That's their national character. Uh, I just yeah, where would they go? Mongolia, well, <laughs> maybe. No, but look at India. India is creating the second ring, too. Remember, India and China do not get along at all. You know, they view each other as competitors. They share they share a border that's contentious. And, uh, you know, China's trying to take water from valleys that should go to India. So India is, is actively engaged in that. And look at China's ally, Pakistan. 
Pakistan almost floated into the Indian Ocean last week. A third of their country was underwater. And India, I mean, so Pakistan and Iran is perpetually um, at risk, right? All, all Iran has is, is the ability to ship oil. And if push came to shove, you know, we would just literally tell every tanker that being moved, moving oil that uh, you turn around or, you're, or we're just going to disable you. And so, so you know, um, I, China's not in an enviable position. They they played their best card for as long as they could play with trying to be a strategic competitor against the the West, and they basically ran out of cards. And so, uh, and they're in no position. Who are they going to invade? They 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 uh, they fought Vietnam and lost to Vietnam. They fought India. They lost to India. They fought Japan. Lost to Japan. <laughs> they couldn't even take Taiwan from the Taiwanese when they could have. So it's, uh, you know, so, you know, they don't have necessarily a track record here of, of military success when they do adventurism. Yeah. And they have no strategic lift whatsoever. So they, 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 they can't, they can't project power. So, okay. So uh, it, economically, are they in as much trouble as I indicated? Oh yeah, for sure. Without a doubt. Okay. That's going to, so, that's going to limit, that's going to limit their right. reach militarily. You know, I, I hear from expats in Chile. Sorry, I think I'm hearing from those expats now. But I'm hearing yeah. I'm hearing from expats in Chile and Ecuador. They're rejecting the Chinese imposition on their country. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and same with Argentina. Even though that country's sub- so you you've heard of them, you know? Because we have friends that from Taiwan that live here in our neighborhood. But they, you know, the Chinese kids have already given up. You know, always people always ask me, what's the opposite of love? It's not hate, it's indifference. You can't fight the Chinese Communist Party in China without being killed for your troubles. So what you do is you um, you go indifferent. And so they had the Lie Flat movement, and then it went to Get Dead movement to now the Get Out movement. So people are trying to get out of China like like nobody's business right now. And so... You know, you're going to get a brain drain. You know, people that are that um, are older, retiring, 20 percent of the kids don't have jobs. I mean, it's a mess over there, an absolute mess. And now we're squeezing them on the exports. So so we'll see where this goes. Not good, though. Yeah, but Not good. Biden still gives them every break in the world from technology stealing uh, to no no tariffs. I mean, and we're handing them our solar. By the way, I just read this yesterday. We are ceasing production of the F-35 because an important ally in the construction of the jet comes from China. Yeah, they're replacing it. There's a there's a magnet in the F-35 that was a component sourced in China. So they're not ceasing production. They've ceased operations until they can swap those things out. Okay, maybe I read yeah. a, ba- a bad reporter because they used the phrase yeah. stopped production. Yeah, that didn't stop production. Well, like you know, like, you know, yeah. So they stopped production until they can replace the magnet, which is thirty days. You know, they made it sound like they're stopping production forever, but it, but that's what's happening now. Huh. They're they're not anything that's critical in the United States is being swapped out, like Huawei and all those other things. Are um, there's nothing? Gonna, China's not going to provide us anything that they're, they're going to be able to strategically, um, you know, basically handcuff us. And, you know, there's a company out there called MP Materials out of Nevada, produces a lot of the um, of the heavy element rare earths that we need. Japan's already figured out how to uh, <clears throat> work their, their their magic on the light, the light rare earths. Uh, so, you know, and then the United States has a lot of rare earths. <clears throat> that rare earths is, an, is a, a wrong word to use on the periodic table. It's not necessarily rare. It's just that it's 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 dirty and expensive to extract, and so we just let the Chinese do it until we found out the Chinese were going to use leverage. But Australia, United States, and Canada have plenty of rare earths. Okay, what we don't have is the stuff that Russia has. We don't have enough platinum, palladium, strontium, tungsten, vanadium. Russians have all that, and and so that's why I always made me scratch my head. We should have been. We should have been co-opting Russia instead of fighting with Russia. But the no. Democrats couldn't do it because they built the whole they built the whole narrative since 2016 on why they couldn't, and now they're trapped by their own narrative. 
<laughs> no, no, I agree with you. You're totally right. Uh, in fact, I was hoping that Putin and Trump would align against some of these international forces that neither one of them liked. And uh, that's why I think we had the Russian collusion delusion, among other reasons. So uh, that's interesting you'd say it that way. Um, with regard um, to, to Russia, though, how long can they keep fighting? Yeah, so, you know, my view is that they're not really fighting. So uh, I think they're consolidating now. And um, remember, their their reserves mm. went to East to, to do a, a thing with, uh, with, um, with China. And so those reserves are going to be coming back. And so you might see another offensive. You know, uh, Russian tanks work better when the ground is frozen, if you understand my meaning. And uh, and so um, you may see some some action when when that's over. But Russia doesn't have to fight anymore, if you will. They already control the land. They always said they want it. But now they can just harass the Ukrainians. So now that may force, you know, maybe we talk next month or in a couple of weeks, we we could talk about what an escalation that I think is going to happen happen you know, basically through proxy, but not through a direct confrontation with NATO, yeah. is that I think if Russia gets more strategic, you're going to see uh, the U.S. push in more of the anti-missile technology into Ukraine. And they're also going to get, look, they gave them HIMAR, but we also gave them Excalibur, okay? And the Germans now are pushing in their, um, their high-tech artillery <clears throat> Which I think their systems, the French and the German artillery systems, I think, are a little bit better than ours in terms of range and maneuverability. And I think, you know, the Russians pissed the Germans off enough that the Germans are going to start probably pushing some of those assets in. And the U.S. is going to provide a anti, um, anti-missile, anti-artillery shield. That means you can push these strategic weapons up closer to the battle space. And that means you, you're putting basically Russia borderlands in at risk, and there might be a tay to tay here. You pop Kiev, we're going to pop some cities in Russia, okay? And that is, I think, is probably more likely is is maybe a little bit of a you spank me, I spank yeah, you, and, for and then we'll see where that goes. Yeah, you're exactly right. Well, we just got a little bit of time left, and I wanted to come back to something you said earlier with Trade Genius. Um, with the market volatility and many of the areas of the market shutting down, uh, what should people focus on, and how can they benefit from doing it through you? Yeah, so what we've done is we've created a series of algorithms that we tie into what's called probabilities, that, you know, certain times of the year, certain days of the week, certain days of the month, uh, certain things move. And so that we combine that with our algorithms. We also look at Fed liquidity. And so it gives us a really good picture of the battle space, if you will, that puts us in a position to to get in the right side of the trades. And so we share that with our, our subscribers. And so we give you access to our indicators and our algorithms, we have chat rooms you can communicate with us. You can set alerts for things on your own, and then we give trades out every day. And um, like I said, and then we have some some really some cool G whiz stuff that we we use to uh, point us in the right ocean to fish. So we'll give you the right fishing equipment. We'll teach you how to fish. We'll throw you some fish, and we'll make sure you're in the right ocean. And you just go to tradelegatgenius.com, take advantage of our specials. I think you'll like what we do. We definitely, if you're listening to this show, you already feel comfortable with the areas that we like to buy things, and and uh, and we are now in the sweet spot of those yeah, things well, to provide you with hard assets. You win two out of three trades. That's self-explanatory. Yeah, um, I mean it's just your, your rate of return, or my term for it, is fantastic too. So I would highly recommend tradelikeagenius.com is where you go. You have until Saturday. Coupon code is Labor Day, and you get 40% off the non-bundled items. Pre-discounted bundled items, 65% off. Bob, always very interesting. Thanks for the updates on the economy and geopolitics, and we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. All right. I'll be talking to you again from my uh, my bunker in Hawaii when we talk at the end of the month. <laughs> I'm jealous. I'll talk to you then. 
We at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts to help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here, and we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at the TV, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at TV. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com. And what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground. And you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold. Not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee.